Welcome back to another episode of Hoops Galore. I'm with my guy, co-host, Jackson St. Fort. How you doing, sir, on this Sunday? Listen, I am doing well. I had pretty good morning, did some uh, boxing footwork exercises. That was that work. And I ran, I jogged about five miles in the past, over five miles in the past three days. So pretty good, feeling pretty good. Wow, man, you're getting that cardio in, man. You're really getting your stamina up. Five, you said five miles in three days, if I'm, if I'm correct? Yeah, over five. Over five. Oh, yeah. Not bad, That's really not good. bad. Have you been doing some swimming lessons lately? Have you have you been going in the pool a little bit? No, but I need to. I need to go. I need to get back in there and get into the rhythm. So um haven't been able to, but I will very soon. Man, I've been wanting to get in there like right after the gym and everything, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, after those swimming lessons that you had, I have a question for you about swimming, man. You probably taught to not sink. What type of lesson did you get from learning the balance of of being on the water you know not sinking being able to have that calm that's a great question i think i learned that there's levels to this there's levels to this and i mean it's not just the breathing and the movement of your arms and the positioning of your legs and the flapping of of your feet it's also your hip positioning it's so many different things that bring it all together when it comes to swimming you know these are things that are like overlooked you know out of sight out of mind but they're important when it comes to swimming so there's levels to this man and i learned that yes, sir. very quick the first two days of lessons man i love swimming and i love that discipline and so I like to compare that to a couple of teams in the NBA, man. Learning that discipline, learning how to to either sail or sink. So that's what we're coming with you guys today with a couple of teams that we want to talk about is the Orlando Magic and the Houston Rockets. These teams are very good teams. They could either sail or they could sink. They have so much talent, loads of talent, man. It makes me so excited. What's your observation so far about the Orlando Magic? Have you ever done poetry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I did a poetry in elementary school. Have you ever tried to rap? Yes, I have tried to rap. Well, listen, I've never tried to rap. I've never done poetry. But I will tell you, word choice is very important. And I'll send a, you a song or two of like, you know. Nah, don't I'll do that. Song or two. Don't yeah, do that. Know, don't do that. I tried, I tried but, a little bit. I tried a little bit. It, it's in the vault. It's in the vault. It's in the vault. Keep it there. Keep it there. Whatever Google Drive or Dropboxes it's in, let it stay there. I made it in high school. Man, you were here one day. But I think hey. that whatever you have done in your life with words, you realize whether it's songs, whether it's poetry, whether it's writing, you realize that word choice is very important. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I believe that the word choice and poetry, it has to flow. And I think that flow and that rhythm is where you get the best poetry. Now, I'm not going to go that far. But what I'll say is there's a difference between saying can and there's a difference between saying can't and there's a difference between saying will. And I'm telling you right now, the Houston Rockets will sink, not can sink or can't sink. Ooh. They will sink. Wow. And there's me, man. There's so many reasons why, but what I want to start off with in this episode, in this conversation, is the Orlando Magics. Now, like the Houston Rockets, I watched some of their games. I've seen them play against 
good teams. I've seen them play against some bad teams, um, some mediocre teams. So really measuring their difference in approach and competition. I think seeing Markel Fultz come back to the floor helped me really understand and dissect the Orlando Magic's team. When they were playing without Markel, you saw a lot of Jalen Suggs, but he was in and out of the lineup. You saw Cole Anthony. He was hurt. You saw RJ Hampton in and out of the lineup. So you saw their guards almost depleted at, at one point where neither of them were available. So you saw more of like Terrence Ross and Bobo. Seeing them play without Markel, right? You were very lost on what type of team that they could be because they didn't have that one guy that could be the floor manager and put everybody in their spots. So you saw a lot of ISO. You saw a lot of Paulo go get us some buckets. But then there was another change. Paulo went down. Another injury, right? I remember that. And when Del Carter went down. So now you have a Mo Bamba who was on the bench at this time, now starting next to Bobo and Fred Wagner. I didn't even mention Mo Bamba, man. He, he's good too, man. He had a good year last year. You know, he's still getting a rhythm this year, especially with the big rotation, but it's a real, some real talent on there. Exactly. So with seeing different versions of the team and seeing the team depleted, they're, they're not at full health, it was very hard to decipher what type of team they were, what their strengths were, how they were in the pick and roll, how they were as a three-point shooting team with their guards out. It was hard to put a, a, a finger on, like, what are we watching here? But with Markel Fultz coming back, with Cole Anthony coming back, I think his debut was the last two games. So he, he just got back. Nice, uh, nice. Markel Fultz's uh, season debut, I believe, was on Friday. So that was his first game back. Wow, man. You watched them play, and immediately I knew that Markel Fultz was the missing piece. Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. with him being the missing piece, because they still have injuries, mm -hmm. Wendell Carter is still out, who's a great addition for them, a great player for them, and Jonathan Isaac is still out, and mm -hmm. Mo, ba Mo Bamba is actually out at this moment. So they're just... They're just dealing with the injury bug at this very moment. But what I'll say is when you look at the Orlando Magics and you see them with Markel Fultz out there, you see a guy that knows how to get his guys open. Right. You see a guy that knows how to direct traffic. You see a guy that can take two to three jerseys with him as he slashes the hole, finding an open guy at the corner or the weak side wing. Right. So you see a guy really generating offense, keeping them from being a stagnant offense, keeping the ball movement. Because when you have a lot of young guys, the ball almost sticks to their hands. It's like their hands have like crazy glue. But with Markel Fultz out there, you see the ball moving a lot more. So what do you think about all of these injuries and for, for this team to come together? I'm hearing a big guard room and then I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of forwards. You know, how are they going to be able to split all of this time? Because you have a, a good big room with Wendell Carter, Bobo, you know, Bancheros in there as a forward. You just have a lot of bigs, you know, and then, you know, and then you go to the guards and you have Cole Anthony and then you have Jalen Suggs 
and you have Markel Fultz, and then you have Wagner who who plays uh, who plays guard. Like, what are you doing with all of this talent, and how could you maximize it the most so that they can swim instead of sink? Well, let me tell you something. There's too many people in the room over capacity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. True. If you go to any ballroom, any reception hall in America, mm-hmm. there is a capacity limit. And I think that Orlando has to make some changes. I'm not a big trade machine guy. I, that's not the guy that I am. I love analyzing ball. So here, here's why I'll go with you. And here's why I say that to your point, too much bigs, too much forwards, all these guards, what's going on in Orlando? They need to make a decision on who's staying and who's leaving. Right. I don't see it coming together because you have a guy like Franz Wagner, right? I call them the Wagner bros. Yeah. Yeah. They are all yeah. about theirs. Let me read some stats to you. Franz Wagner, right? He's averaging 19 points per game, mm-hmm. four rebounds per game, and 3.8 assists per game. How does that sound to you? Not bad, right? Not bad. Not bad. Okay, cool. Now let's continue. Franz Wagner is also 6'9". He's 6'9", averaging four rebounds per game. Yes. He's he's playing 33 minutes per game, right? Mm -hmm. He also has a 25% usage rate. Yeah. Let me name you some guys that have less of a usage rate than Franz Wagner. You don't think that four assists at 6'9 is good? It's not four, it's (laughs) 3.8. You round I rounded up. And he's out there on the wing. He's out there on the wing. He's not a post-up player. But I just think that he fits. I think I agree with so I, I want you to read the usage on him, but I do agree that his usage is probably way too much. But I do like his fit overall as far as like being able to fit in in offense. I based on the amount of Orlando Magic games you've watched, I will challenge you on that. There. Because if you exactly if you watch them play, you see he's like a six nine going Dragic out there. Mm. He gets the ball and he attacks. Mm. Okay. He's not looking to make plays. He's not looking for the extra pass. He's not looking for the cutter. Mm. He's not looking for the corner three. He's not doing any of that. He gets the ball and he goes, right? But let me go back to the usage rate. He's at 25% usage rate. Let me name some guys that have less of a usage rate than France Wagner right now. Jeremy Grant for the Portland Trail Blazers. Jimmy Butler. Evan Mobley. DeAndre Ayton, Fred Van Vliet, Tyrese Hallenburton, they all have a lower usage rate than Franz Wagner. And these are some of the names I pulled. There's a lot more. But let, let's take it a step further. When you look at Paolo, right, mm-hmm. he has a 29% usage rate. So only a 4% difference. So you have your lottery pick yeah. having a 4% difference with your, what, third, fourth best guy? Pretty much. I mean, make it yeah, make you, have sense. Your, you have your number one overall pick and, you know, 
having less usage than than your lottery pick. Wagner was a lottery pick. He, the thing is with the Magic is they drafted so well, and like you said, the the room is overcrowded. They to drafted up, so well, yeah. But there's one ball. I'll wrap the Magic up with this one. I'll give you three scenarios. You let me know. Quick, quick fire answers. You want Suggs or Cole Anthony? Neither. Really? No. Come on, no. I need an answer. I I, I prefer Suggs, but. Person. If I had to choose, I prefer Suggs. Is he the best personnel for this team? I don't think so. Mm, mm. I feel you on that. You have to I, understand. I just, I, I just think his game is a winning game. Like it's if he was on a good team, Suggs would be great. You have to understand Orlando's problem. All right. On paper, it looks like they have depth, right? Mm-hmm. But when you see them out there, you can tell Paulo has a green light to go and score and get a bucket outside of offensive sets. Just, hey, here's the ball on the wing. Uh, have Bobo and Wagner go to the corner yeah. and, and do, do some damage, right? Then you have Terrence Ross, who plays when his number is called, and he's going to play well, and he's going to score the ball for you. All right, I have another scenario for you. I want to give you the whole scope, right? Because there's some guys we haven't even named yet. They have Gary Harris. They have RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, and Jalen Suggs. And Terrence Ross, because he, he's in that group. That's too many guards. Right. And that's not counting their forwards and their bigs that they have, who, if, if I may, Maurice Wagner just came back. And Jonathan Isaac is still on the bench, right. injured. So it's just too many... Too many people in the room, whether it's the big man room, whether it's the guard room, whether it's the forward room. We didn't even mention Chuma Okiki. Exactly. Like, it's just too many, too many guys. And they need to make, they need to make some decisions. Fair. All right. So now we're going to move on to the Houston Rockets. With Jalen Green playing this year, I thought he's been really improving, uh, trying to stay consistent with Jalen Green is something that he's still working on, but he's still having big games for them. And he's he's being very useful and getting more and more comfortable being able to get let those shots go. But more efficiently, I think it's not shots that he's jacking up. He's really shooting more on a catch and shoot. I've been a fan of Jalen Green this year. Jabari Smith made his way back and has been playing well. I, I'm a big fan of Kenya Martin Jr. He's been making plays. So what's your thoughts on the Houston Rockets? Well, Steven Silas... He's been known to be on the sideline his whole life, you know, coaching under his father. And I think that he's built a good chemistry with these young guys. I think that what he asks of them, they go out and try to execute. And I love seeing the respect that they have for him, the admiration. So I want to start off with that. Most importantly, what I see from the Houston Rockets is their appreciation for their coach. The ear that they give him, you you see that they posture themselves to listen to him as a leader. So with a team full of young guys, you never know how that locker room is going to be with, you know, a few guys playing for contracts, having a coach that's probably younger in his career, doesn't make as much as the players, doesn't have the experience and the pedigree and the respect around the league as much as some of the players on his roster. But it seems like it's been all good vibes between coach and players. And I love seeing that in Houston. So I want to start there. 
love seeing what Steven Silas has built relationally with those players. You mentioned Jalen Green. Watching the Houston Rockets play last night against Golden State, I realized something. There are a lot of guys in this league who are naturally gifted, who are athletically gifted. But when it comes to making the right reads, when it comes to high IQ, when it comes to evolving as a player and carving out a role for your team, whether you're primary ball handler, whether you're a shooter, whether you are a wing that goes and gets rebounds or and cuts fadeaways or hits tough shots. And there's a lot of guys that fit that mold and fit that position. You realize that, you know, there's a lot of raw talent in the league, guys that have everything it takes to be a superstar, but haven't put it together yet. And immediately, that's what I see on this Houston Rockets team. A lot of guys, man, through the roof talent, through the roof talent. I'm talking about they can climb on you, put you on the poster. They can shoot. They can cross you out your jersey. I saw it last night. Yeah, They can hit trick shots. I mean, it's crazy out there. And they've been stringing some tough wins together. They definitely play competitive basketball. They were down the whole game. But they cut it to single digits, down 25, single digits, down 13, single digits. These guys don't give up. I love what I see from Houston as far as a competitive standpoint. They never take a break. They show up every game. It doesn't matter who's the opponent. Over 500, under 500, does not matter. But I will say there's a lot of room for improvement. I think that they need to start Sangoon. Yes, he doesn't have that defensive upside as far as lateral movement, sticking to the hip of his opponent, staying in front of his opponent, but he can block shots. He's a great post-up player. He has great footwork. He's a team guy. I'd rather have a guy like Sangoon on Orlando than some of the guys you have there now because he understands team basketball. He understands his strengths. I'm going to post up here. I'm going to get an easy lay here. He's a very finesse player. He's that stretch four that you can put next to a big five. So I think that Houston is missing a big five and they're missing a Marcus Smart type player or a Malcolm Brogdon, a guy that can really control the offense. Tell everyone, hey, I need you here. Hey, I need you here. Kevin Porter Jr. is great, but it doesn't mean that there isn't any room for improvement or that he can't play better basketball with a, a teammate that's a glue guy. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Um, and, you know, Jalen Green is averaging 32% from behind the arc. The shots are not falling. And I think part of that is the shot selection. A lot of times you'll see a Kevin Porter Jr. sequence or a Jalen Green sequence where they're chucking up shots. Part of that is because they're getting offensive rebounds and they're throwing it right back out to the wing. And what that does is it encourages you to shoot it, shoot it again. Take that. I seen Kevin Porter Jr. do shoot three three pointers back to back last night because he has a green light. He is gifted offensively. And obviously Jalen Green is gifted offensively. Mm -hmm. But what that does is the more the usage the more the shot attempts, the lower the efficiency. And I think you need a guy to come in to help them with their efficiency, help them with their shot selection, help them understand when to pass, when to defer, and when to you know make a play or reward a guy 
who right. did make a hard cut. Reward a guy that worked to get open in, in the corner. And I think that's what Houston's missing. A big five who can Definitely. snatch rebounds, who's athletic. And I'm talking about like, when I say big, I'm not talking about big body. I'm talking about like a guy like Jalen Duran or a guy right. like John Collins, a athletic, freakishly athletic big that can, you know, dunk like Christian Wood. He was there last year. Well, I I'd agree. I like that. Christian Wood. But, I like that. Idea. But Christian Wood, he's like Sangoon. He's a shooter. He's right. not going to go snatch 11 rebounds. He's not going to go do putbacks. That's not the type of player he was and he is and he will be. I'd agree with you. And I'd say that they probably would like, need like a Marcus Mar type player, like Patrick Beverly type player, where a, a couple veterans, I think a couple veterans for the Houston Rockets, well, you will see more wins from them. Like they have Eric Gordon. I think that's their, they're pretty much their only vet on that team. And it's like, that's, that's just not enough, you know, especially where Eric Gordon's game doesn't really set the tone defensively. Even though he's a good defender, he's he slowed down a little bit, but he's a good defender. He doesn't set the tone them that much. I think think like a a couple of veteran defenders for the Houston Rockets would would benefit them a whole lot and prevent them from uh from sinking. Respectfully, Eric Gordon's role in Houston during his tenure there was to be a three and D right. wing shooter. You know, sure. James Harden is going to set up the offense. We just need you to get open. We right. need you to get free from your guy and make shots. So you can't mm -hmm. expect him now to turn into Rondo and say, hey, guys, I'm going to teach you guys how to be floor managers yeah. and run the offense and get your guys open. Can't all of a sudden ask him to be Andre Miller or Rajon Rondo or any of those types of players. To, to be fair, I believe that Eric Gordon deserves to be on a contender just um his fit on the Rockets just seems like it's kind of past due. He just deserves to be on the defender. I'd love to see him on the Bucks. Love to see him on the Suns. Um, maybe even Lake Show. Maybe even Lakers. So let's rewind. Let's go back to Orlando, right? We got their depth chart in front of us. Franz Wagner is averaging 33 minutes per game. Bobo is averaging 27 minutes per game. Wendell Carter Jr. is averaging 32 minutes per game. Paulo is averaging 34 minutes per game. And then we have Jalen Suggs averaging 28 minutes per game. Um, Marker Fultz is here, but I mean, the sample size is small. It's 21 minutes, but he's only played, I, I want to say he's only played one game. He's only mm -hmm. played one game. So I, I, I don't really want to use him for this episode. And Cole Anthony as well. He's only played what? Two games? Uh, even though these guys are like the one and two in the depth chart, I think that you know, it, it's not fair to use these guys. But let's focus on France, Bobo, Paulo, who's played the most games. Also, uh, Jalen Suggs. Gary Harris, Gary Harris is still hurt. Uh, and Terrence Ross is there, too. But he's more of a guy like, you know, just coming off the bench, microwave. I'm going to get you buckets, right? When you look at the two-man game between Paulo and Bobo, Beautiful basketball. Paulo is usually looking for Bobo on the wing or Bobo is rewarding Paulo inside, right? To get busy. Same thing with Bobo and Mobamba. Bobo has been cooking. If you watch Mobamba and Bobo two-man game, beautiful basketball. And I'll also add that if you watch Bola the game... Bamba. Exactly. If you watch the game last night where they were down... 
most of the game. It was pretty much a blowout. They were still playing tough defense. They were out there getting blocks, rebounding, and even down by d- double digits. You saw like this team had a lot of heart. This team had no problem continuing to put their their foot on the gas and and compete until the last minute. And that's one thing I love about this team. They play hard. But I think with them playing Toronto last night, they saw the difference between mm. obviously having a guy like Fred VanVleet out there that can make shots, right? And ha- having that three-point presence, but also having guys use their length like Siakam, like Chris Boucher, like Scotty Barnes. And these guys that are long and perfect for this new small ball NBA basketball. So I think if Orlando can get it right, they can be the Toronto Raptors of the future. Well, you know, I'm a fan of, of versatility. And I think that the Magic will definitely be able to, you know, get that down pat as they soar out their debt. And we out.